Welcome back to another episode, City Life Uncensored. Super pumped today, brother. But uh, you know, of course, with the relationship, I've got to toss it over to BK here to give the uh, the special introduction, and then hand it over to you. So, BK, what you got for us, man? Yeah, man, we got our man Jesse Wig, real estate entrepreneur, um, owner of Atlas Estates. Jesse has a couple hundred rentals here in the uh, city of Pittsburgh. Also, Life Space Realty Boutique Brokerage. Uh, Jesse's known for doing flips, um, just all over the real estate space. Anybody in Pittsburgh that's in a real estate game, uh, probably heard of this guy or seen him with the bow ties or heard about bow tie highs. So. Or his sick ass flips that he does in my sick ass I love them. Yeah, the, the custom bow ties on, uh, like on pretty much everything you do, every flip, right? Have some uh, kind of bow tie. It, it, it slipped, but yes, that, that was happening for a long time. Yes. Oh, it doesn't slip. I know, I know. There, there's more oh. to it, but yeah, and I'll explain. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, man, welcome, man. We're super, super me. pumped to have you. Mm-hmm. And, Excited to be here. Yeah, like we always like to start, man. We like to get a little bit more about, uh, so our listeners can hear a little bit more about you. Like, what was your come up, man? Like, how did you get started? Like, what, what's, give what's us the, the story, okay. bro. All right, the rundown. Okay, so I'm I can be guilty of telling very long stories, which this is a podcast. So I'll you shut you up if I have to, but give us it all. I'm much better at summarizing now, or at least I think I am. Um, but a lot of practice, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, I've told a lot. Yeah, but um. So let's see here. So probably about, so, all right. So I went to college for criminal justice. I have a bachelor degree in criminal justice. I was in that field for two, three years. <laughs> we just started off with a home run. <laughs> <laughs> criminal <laughs> justice. And here you are. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. I was working. Yes. I was working in that field. So do you working. just, do you just show up and evict tenants yourself? Is that the. <laughs> no. So I was working at a juvenile delinquent independent group home. And I got to tell you, man, like it's, it was very sad to see how some of these kids lived or why they're there. And, you know, a lot of it wasn't even their fault. It's wow, like okay. their home life, you know, but, I, but to be very honest is that it was a really toxic and negative atmosphere. And I was like, how long I, were you there for? Uh, three years. Right out of college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I started working there before I graduated. I stayed there for a while and became like an assistant supervisor. And there was levels of it that I really enjoyed. I could, I'm going to go t- too far down. Route. I can, uh, um, it got to a point where you would advance. The clients would advance to different stages before they left the the area, uh, the facility. Like right? the juveniles. Yep, that's yeah. right. And so um, the final stage was this section where like they had a lot of freedom. And basically, uh, once I became an assistant supervisor, they just needed one staff in that unit. And uh, but I could sleep from eleven thirty p.m. till uh, seven thirty a.m. and I got paid time and a half to sleep. They just needed someone on site. So there was benefits of it. Some you know? benefits. And, and then you get to eat the food. Hold on, hold so. on, hold on. So that's a benefit, right? But coming from the world that I know you come from, BK comes from and I come from, right? It's the ultimate late, getting paid to sleep. Like It was killer, you know? yes. I mean, it's a huge <laughs> thing. And, and like, so I didn't make that much money, but the combination of uh, getting paid to sleep and then um, you're at the unit all day, every day. And so like oftentimes I'd work, you know, 16 hours, like double shifts or actually 24 hours because I work a double shift and I'd sleep. Right? sleep, yeah. And so I'd get a ton of hours in in a short amount of time there. But like you also ate all the food there. So like I didn't really like since I would capitalize on the free food and sleeping to get paid. And so even though what I made wasn't a lot, I, w- I didn't have a lot of expenses. Yeah. Plus you know you're, I mean? you're working 24 hours straight. Like you don't have much, there's nothing to spend <laughs> money on. Yeah, it's all going in savings. Days in a week. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was in that space. Um, I realized it was a pretty toxic environment. I wanted to get out of it. I connected with an individual. I was living in Erie at the time. I connected with any individual. juveniles ever beat you up. No, 
I, I had pretty good relationships with them, but was you were sneaking more, into Siggy's form. Was, was there more than one <laughs> occasion that you had to restrain them? And it, and these, I'm not a big guy. Yeah. Some of the guys in there were substantially yeah. bigger than me. You're like fighting kids when like, <laughs> yeah. get, get to your room. I ain't going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, um, yeah. So there'd be like three staff and put them in like a, I'm going to make up terms like a supine, you know, like all these <laughs> weird things. Dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a really quick story. Similarly, when I was younger, college, and even I think maybe, no, I went full time after college, but I worked for the city of Pittsburgh doing baseball monitoring. And we, uh, I did a game. Uh, I forget the name of the community, but it was a really, really rundown community. It was uh -huh. a gated community and there was uh, a fight. Both teams got in the middle of a fight. There was cops there who did nothing. They sat and watched. They were detectives in the community. Wow. And were allowed. So I was by myself trying to break up these two fights. I got beat up by kids. Yeah. Literally, like, <laughs> punch in the face. Like, don't. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. I'm like, wow. I'm not. I, I've got to go find a real job and, like, sure. a real a, career. That was a part of a couple yeah. of those, those brawls yeah. in the City League Baseball. Yeah, you probably beat me on check, yes. We jumped that. Part of the An ex-stealer. <laughs> ex-stealer lineman. A bunch of us jumped him. Wow. In League. It was one of the kids' dads. Pony League, that means you were like 16. I guess was 14, 15, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah we were old. Yeah. We were anyway, old. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah, man. Wild, wild times. So. Yeah, so you yeah, you linked up with what's yeah, well, how'd you get into real estate? Yes, man? sir. So um so uh connected with an individual that was down here flipping homes uh in Pittsburgh. I said, Hey, I wanna I wanna get out of my job. And he's like, I can pay you 10 bucks an hour to do punch lists on homes. I'm like, sounds good. So for six months I drove back and forth. This was probably like Yeah, where are you from? Uh where, where are you? I was living in Erie and drove a two hour drive. Oh so wow. for six months I drove did the two hour drive for work, right? Every day. Uh so what I would do for is, 10 bucks an hour. Yep. So and this was probably like this was probably nine years ago. Okay, maybe eight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, probably, probably nine. And, uh, so, so I, I would drive down and like, no one's lit. These homes are vacant. Right. And I didn't have construction experience, but I'm just an able body to mm -hmm. do random things, you know? And, um, and so I would drive down, then I would sleep in the vacant houses. Like I'd work as long as I can sleep in the vacant house on an air mattress with a pizza in the microwave. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that I'd bring with me or whatever. And then uh, I'd wake up, I'd work as long as I can, then I'd drive back. So I would, so I'd only have to make, you know, four trips a week or right. Or two, yeah. three trips, whatever, so, yeah. you know? Um, so started doing that for a while. And there's one story that I always tell, and I have to tell it cause it's Let's like, go, baby. it's a moment. Yeah. Give right? me it. So like it, I was at the point where I'm making 10 bucks an hour, the agent, that this developer flipper was working with at the time, they found tile flooring like three or four layers down in the kitchen. Um, that was one inch by one inch tiles. Okay. And it was a 10 foot by 10 foot kitchen room. Yeah. That's right? a lot of tile laying. So when you, so when you see those one inch by one inch tiles, well, we use like some acid wash or something to try to get these grout lines clean. Cause they're just black, right? You can't get them clean. And so the agent's like, we have to keep these. This will sell the house. So yeah. my job was I took a pillow, I laid on my chest with a dental tool and I scraped out all those lines. Wow. Um, and, uh, and then, so we did all that. It took me a week. I was on my, <laughs> I was on my chest for a week and being like, what the hell am I doing? You know? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the moment. Right? That was the, uh -huh. what is happening? And <laughs> so after I did that, then we grout it. And then you see a handful of spots I missed. So the black like popped up and didn't, you know, so then we go back and scrape out as much as we can. Then, which, this is, would not hold up, right? But then there was sections they took a little paintbrush and I'm painting these little black marks here. So it was, you know, it, but that happened and I was like, I got to the point where I was like, man, 
I, I'm, I like real estate. I like the opportunity and the potential here, but like, I can't be doing this. Yeah. So I was like, what do you, how do you flip homes? He's like, find a house that needs renovation, find some private money or money. And you know, that like super vague, not knocking, but vague information. I was like, okay, cool. So living <laughs> yeah, I'll go try this for free yeah, instead exactly. of making $10 an hour on my damn chest. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> living in Erie, um, I, are you from Erie originally? No, I'm originally from Titusville, okay. which is two hours North of here. Yeah. It's a real small town. Um, I went to college Edinburgh, so I ended up okay. at Erie for a while. And uh, fucking cold ass Edinburgh, dude, so much snow, so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. cold up there, man. Um, so, um, uh, so, so I start to like pay attention to real estate. Start looking at real estate. I'm looking at houses, and I go to this open house that they were selling rent to own. Okay, I start talking to the guy, and I am a bit of a talker, and I'm getting going. And he's like, um, he's like, yeah, he's like. They were selling it as an owner finance, and I was interested in potentially buying it. We started talking. He's like, "Why do hard money lending, private money lending?" Mm -hmm. At that time, I had literally you didn't no know idea. What it was, yeah. yeah, and so I started talking to more. He's like, "I was like, whoa, so if I find a house that needs renovation, like, yeah, you know, depending on the terms or whatever, like, you know, how much you need this and that." So skipping ahead, found a. Oh, let me I, let me bring this in. So started working with a real estate agent, who is now my wife. Okay, oh, so, all right, yeah, nice. So, um, so Marissa to she, find you a deal at the time that's right okay. to find me a house. So, yeah. um, so started working with Marissa and then she found me a house and, um, I, I bought this house and that private investor, hard money lender only brought a certain amount of money, not mm -hmm. the whole amount. Right. Yep. Didn't know you needed extra. And I had no money. I had no money. I was bar back at the time. Okay. Um, well, at least you were bar backing and not, uh, scrub. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Scrubbing I know. So one by one definitely respect yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so um so i i found another friend who was willing to give me that extra twenty thousand dollar difference and i did had literally no idea no experience no knowledge i was like oh, i'll pay you 20 percent. so I, like just so yeah. optimistic like oh, i'm gonna flip it and make yeah. five hundred thousand. Yeah. you know like so you basically got the extra 20 is it and then you said you'll give 20 percent of the profit uh no it's, I, I gave him a 20 percent apr so he gave okay. me 20 grand i was like how about a 20 percent got it interest rate right? yeah, yeah, yeah cool so you knew enough to take on debt and not the equity side early on, at least on the second. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like to say I, yeah. that was a strategic plan. Yeah, right? a private yeah, second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, especially right now with what's going on in the industry, it's one of the most thing. Like most of the coaches out there are te really teaching, you know, carry back seconds. Like that's ultimately what you did with private money. For sure. And you had yeah. no damn clue what you were no, doing. No idea. Yeah. No idea. So. <laughs> Flip the house with me and my buddy based off YouTube videos, skipping a ton of information. When that house was finished, okay, it was in Erie, Pennsylvania. Once I finished that house, I knew I wanted to stay in real estate, and uh, but I wanted to move to Pittsburgh. Did you make money on it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. so all right, I, I thought you were skipping past the big part, climax. So when I finished it, it's on the market. I decided I want to stay in real estate. Move to Pittsburgh. I get my real estate license. A year and a half later, when that house sold, okay, it took a year and a half to sell. I lost forty three thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. So I had. I had no money. I had no money. And then I didn't lose that money until the house closed. Right. Yep. And so, so when I was talking to the hard money lender, um, they were like, listen, they were talking about short sales. I had zero knowledge. They were talking, we can short sale this or whatever. So the lender basically was like, look, I know, I know you're, up, you're upside down. Yeah. 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 What year is this, by the way? Um, I'm trying to get a time. Let's do the, uh, probably 20. What is it now? Probably 2014 or 2015. Okay. Yeah. So about seven years ago. Six, seven years. Okay. Ago. So may, may, then maybe, maybe 2013, probably 2013. That's my, yeah. Um, and so, um, 
So I was like, no, we, I'll get it sold. So when it sold, this is how it went. When it sold and I closed, um, I owed 43 grand. Okay. Before it closed. Well, at this point I knew I was going to lose money, right? When mm -hmm. it's a year and a half on the market. Yeah, so yeah. Lose. So yeah, you're I'm paying 20% like, to your second position exactly, and you got the dude. first position probably paying something. It was like 12 or 13 or yeah. something like that. Maybe even more. Yeah. And, um, so I'm down here like as an agent hustling, I moved into this place, super shitty, super shitty in West Homestead. Why I ended up over there. Okay. okay. I'm paying 300 bucks a month for this house. It's 600 square feet on the side of a hill. Kitchens in the basement. The heat doesn't work in the middle of the night. Heat turns off. I go downstairs, flip the switch, kicks back on for a while. Like, dude, just yeah. my pipes freeze. I don't have water for two weeks, you know, a bunch of stuff. And, um, but I was doing that because I was like, I'm going to lose money. I need to start saving money. So I'm working, hustling, making some money. So when the house did uh, sell, I had, I saved up like, uh, let's say 15 or 20 grand. Right. That was a lot to me. Yeah. And so I paid oh, yeah. that at closing and then I only owed another, let's say 20 grand, 23 grand, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, in the meantime, that year and a half I was down here, I bought a house over in Aetna at foreclosure for, for like $3,000 or $4,000. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so when we closed on my flip, I went to that second position private investor. And I was like, listen, you can take a first mortgage against this property the new one, yeah. just to secure you. Like I need some more time. I'll, you know, I'll make this up to you. And he's like, cool. Sounds good. And so, you know, when that ended up selling, I sold it for like 12 grand or something. I didn't do anything to it. I just bought it and resold it, you know, six months later, or nine months later. And then I just hustled and saved some money and repaid him Paying after back. a year, year and a half or whatever it was. And, but I always say that like those investors, I stayed true to what I agreed to. Like, and yeah, I, so that's, that was going to be my, that's my, my real question on that, right? Is because a lot of people that get into it at the beginning and a lot of people are newbies are like, hey, right? The question always is, how do I become you now? Right. Yeah. Like, and how do I become city life or whatever? Yep. Right. Early on at that point in time, obviously you were facing a barrel down your throat, right? At the end of the day, from a terminology standpoint of like, I have no idea. And I know for a long period of time, probably like month nine moving forward, you knew you weren't going to be able to do it successfully because that interest was piling up. For sure. Like, how did you, how did you mentally get through that knowing like I'm screwed, but I'm like, it sounds like you stay true to your investors, but like that mindset, especially early on when you don't have eight, nine years of, of going through this as an entrepreneur to really build a strong mindset, right? Like we had, you know, Matthew Simmons here a couple of weeks ago and like, he's he, the biggest mindset guy in the world. Dude, and like, he's a savage. And you, yeah, yeah. Right. I, and we all yeah. grow that mindset, but like, so early on, how the hell did you get through that mentally? Like, that's tough to be, to be very honest with you. And we'll talk about this later, but like, Today, I take a lot of time and effort on my mindset and figuring out who I am and how I operate and understand it. As I spoke to you guys earlier on, like I was breathing, I was doing, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm not even sure I'm going to say that, like, I've always been uh, a little bit cocky or a little bit arrogant. Mm -hmm. My good friends will call me cocky. Most people, I'm not as intense to the outside and I'll come yeah. across that way, you know, but my good friends will say I'm a little cocky, but it's, it's, it's really just confidence. Yeah. And so I think that that is one piece that I grew up with. Um, and I always, it was always important for me to maintain my confidence. And I'll give you one quick example is that, uh, I was a little bit of a player in college. Okay. You know, and Let's so, go, baby. Okay. <laughs> Can we, we change the rest of the podcast yeah. to talking about that? Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so all my friends thought I would get. Like, Shout out Edinburgh, babes. <laughs> a lot of girls, right? And what it was, was this. I was confident, confident to approach them. 
I would get shut down nine out of ten times, right? Yeah, not and then, care. It, right? Yeah. And after they shut me down, I'd be like, guarantee they had a boyfriend. Yeah, or like I would make up something wrong with them. Okay, you know, like yeah, like it, and it was. She never, must only have one tit. So I wasn't even. I wasn't Probably even. Sucks it wasn't bed. even like conscious what I was doing, but I was like, I'm gonna keep my spirits high. You yeah, know what I mean. So I think as yeah. I'm thinking about this now, because I did not put effort into my mindset then. Yeah, I think it was just the confidence I had. Sure. I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. I'm gonna figure this out. I like real estate now. I can. Did make you money. have the conversations with them throughout it, or was it more the of investors? like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we spoke. I mean, it started getting like hasn't sold yet, huh? Like we, it was a it was a conversation. We kept talking. It's like I'm gonna lose money, and that's when the first pr- hard money lender was like, we can talk about a short sale. I didn't even know what a short sale was, yeah. and I was like, I no no. I'm still not sure I know what a short sale is. They're so confusing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, but um, so I guess to answer your question, is just I I think that I just had confidence, yeah. and so that was luckily what kept me going. But I was like, it was just like I'll make more money. I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah, that's right? awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So obviously we, we saw, we, we, we hustled enough to, to pay back investor two on the next house. So yep. we've got kind of, I guess, call it two flips, even though you didn't really flip, you know, oh, yeah. the second oh, yeah. one, I right? I bought that for, four, yeah, you, for 12. That's yeah. technically a flip right. if you yeah. owned it, right? Like, so yeah. what's not, so where are we going next? Okay. All right. So where are we? So I'm, I'm a real estate agent now. Okay. And I'm, which brokerage did you start at? Keller Williams. Okay. Yeah. So is that there. where you started? Yeah. Started really? KW, uh, Bethel. That's where I was. Get out, Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. Schmidt. <laughs> Shout amazing. out Cindy. Cindy yeah. Schmidt. Cindy's <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. No, it was a great place. So basically start. Cindy's the, probably half responsible for, uh, half of the Pittsburgh success at this point. Then, huh? <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of good people started there. <laughs> yeah. 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 They had good training. Uh, she was a great broker. Yeah. Yeah. I like, nice. I liked her a lot. I'm going to have to I, give her a call to find the next top talent <laughs> coming out of there. Um, Okay. So, so working as an agent and, uh, so I, I knew I wanted to get back into investing, but I was like, there's a lot I need to learn. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I more recognized that. Yeah. Right? I was like, I can't take another 43,000 hit. Right. <laughs> so, so I just started working and hustling as an agent. Okay. And so I'm pushing and just grinding it. I, I love it. I was fortunate to find something so cheesy, but I love, I was like, I love being an agent. I love real estate. I mean, so I, th- was- I think too, the mindset, right? If you're confident naturally, like going into become a real estate agent, if you're confident, it's like hustle. If you hustle, you can do good, right? Like, and put some time into it. And so if you're, if you're confident. For boom, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's what it, that's what it was, I think, you know? And so. So pushing, hustling, grinding as an agent, starting to make a little bit of money, still keep my expenses super low. The vehicles I'm driving for a while, I called it the golden nugget, bought it for a thousand dollars, piece of shit, you know, ended up <laughs> flipping that. It was so dirty when I bought it, cleaned it real well, drove it for six months, flipped it, you know, but, um, but so we're, we're starting to get the entrepreneur coming out. I guess it. so. Yeah. Well, man, I don't want to jump back too far. I will tell you two seconds. When I was in high school, um, my, I, my parents were divorced. I lived with my dad and a uh, single dad and he would buy a ton of uh family size pop tarts okay and this was just found out a few few years ago okay a man was slinging pop tarts yeah. so i'm start taking these family size pop tarts to school because he's buying boxes and boxes of them so i'm selling them at a locker i go to my grandma's house she cuts out coupons for pop i go buy a case of pop i'm just selling shit out of my locker you know love that and um and so years later just literally just a few years ago i was talking to my dad and he's like we that got brought up he's like I, I thought you got, kids loved those pop tarts. I wondered how you were going through them so fast. I was like, Dad, you kept buying them, so I sold them at school. <laughs> so it was funny to find that I, out. I'll but. counter you real quick with a similar story of in high school, my senior year. Long story short, 
I would get out at 1222. I played football. So I had football practice at 230 or something like that. Leading up to senior year, I continued to convince my parents. So I worked a little bit smarter, not as hard as you with the sales, <laughs> yeah. up to getting $7 a day for lunch. So I got $35 a week for lunch, but I got done school at 1222. Every single day for the entire year, I would drive home after school at 1222, eat lunch at home, pocket all $7. So I pocketed $35 a week for the entire school year and would drive back to football practice Dude, I had it. my parents had to have known, right? Yeah. But like, so I yeah. wasn't entrepreneurial slanging, but I was working smarter, not harder, 100%. and like pocketing $35 a week. Well, you guys are crushing it in leaps of bounds ahead of where I am. And that's because of like smarter, not harder. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't know that we're leaps and bounds ahead of you, which we're going to get into. But uh, um, so, anyways, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, well, I did. I did as well. There, I jumped back to sound pop tarts. Where was I? Oh, should sick. we just should we just talk the rest of the time about our high school days? Yeah, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, <laughs> Hold on. This year is my 20 year anniversary. Wow. wow. 20 years, dude. That's insane. Wow. I got a, You're I couple, I'm a couple older than me. I graduated in 06 then, so I got three years for 20. Same, right? um, we're the same age then. You and I. I'm 06. Wait, did I graduate in 08? Now I'm question. How oh. old are you? I'm 35. Same. So 06 yeah, sounds right from high school. Bad at math. Yes. Oh, okay, there we are. 2010 <laughs> was college. 08 or 06 was high school. Oh, I drug that forever. I don't know when I graduated. <laughs> it was like eight years. Yeah, <laughs> semester. Oh yeah, living the life you were living. It sounds like right, I would right, drag right. that shit out too. Right. Um, where was I? Okay, so I was there. Still enrolled in that. <laughs> yeah, <department. exactly. laughs> okay, man, I'm getting way sucked. And you guys, no, we're good. Me. This is good, man. This is great. Well, Keep then, going. Then here's first time ever said live. Okay. Right? Uh oh. Yeah. There we go. I said at the beginning of this, I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. When I finished all of my courses, all my classes, all my credits, right? I finished. And then there was a hundred, uh, there was a hundred dollar fee or something to get your diploma and like go through the process and like have that. <laughs> I didn't did pay it. that because I knew I wasn't going to be in criminal justice. Right. And, uh, and so I don't have a degree. degree. Um, I have all the credits to have a degree. Yeah. I don't have the paper. And I called like maybe four years ago and I was like, Hey, I just want to see if I can get my degree. Like, <laughs> Oh, so and so expired or whatever it was. It's like so I now I'm not eligible and I don't have a bachelor's degree, right. but I don't care at all. I would say I don't think you need it at this no, point. No, no, for right? sure. Like you're for doing sure. okay. Just, you know, a lot you, you've done something right that that college degree doesn't necessarily matter that's right. anymore. That's right. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know you completed it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Pretty effed up. Though. Yeah. How does that expire? Should never. Expire. It, I probably didn't look hard enough, but she was just like, "You need to take this to be eligible," and I was like, "Nope, I'm good." Yeah. I was literally, I wanted you to send it to me. I'd be done, but. Yeah. Um, Jumping back in, I'm a real estate agent. I'm hustling as an agent, right? Yep. I'm sell selling as an, uh, as a realtor. I knew I wanted to get back into investing. I waited three years before I started investing again. Wow. Okay. So I've only been investing about like five years now, maybe six. Right around probably when, yeah, right around when we started because we started working with Fund That Flip kind of together. Yeah, I remember chatting with you. Yeah, about yeah, it, I think. but as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. So. So. Uh, Selling as an agent, I connected with the, with the individual. Uh, his name is Chris that I was working with. Uh, he was flipping homes, and uh, we started talking. And he was like, "Hey, I want to start a real estate brokerage, and primarily just to keep his commissions in houses, in yeah. house on flips." Yeah, right? yeah, similar, yeah. right? And so I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I'd love to be a part of that." So what's funny is that I've only been an agent for eight months, and he's like, "I'll pay you as a manager," right? And I'm like, "Yeah, all right." Mm -hmm. So for a month, I don't know what it was. Uh, I was getting paid as manager. I'm like, dude, I don't. Want okay, so you left KW relatively quick. Yeah, I was yeah. only there for probably eight months. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. And I jumped to a company called Go Realty, which I don't think is any longer anymore. 
for just a couple months. It was this filler gap until we got LifeSpace up and rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so when LifeSpace came about, I initially wasn't going to have ownership, even though I was part of building that and getting things rolling. Um, because, uh, and I went to him, I was like, dude, I want ownership. I want, I want to be a partner. I don't want, I don't want paid. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that's how that started. I'm skipping a lot of information, a lot of time. We can and you were, you were, so eight months into your real estate career, though, like you were still, you were still actively hustling. Right. So whenever 100%. you went to go and you went to life space, you were still making your own commissions at that point in time. Oh, just commission yeah. based. Yeah. That's, that's what you were living off. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, so like I said, I, I'm skipping a big chunk of time and we can get to there later on in the story, but I fast forward, I eventually ended up buying him out. At what point in time did you start investing again? Cool. Yep. So, so, uh, it's been probably five or six years since I've been investing again. And, uh, so I was living over at West Homestead at the time. So you grew life space. You were growing life space really at a good clip from a brokerage perspective before you started doing investment again. That's true. Yes and no. Okay. The truth is that LifeSpace was stagnant and just chilling, like just like not there wasn't like heavy effort to put systems in place and create a company and like grow it. It was more like just a way to get deals. checking a box of yeah. keeping commissions, cool. like honestly. Yep. And it was years later. So like I buy, but I like the branding. I like the vibe. And like, I think we've got a pretty good reputation, you know, yeah, you but do. like it was it was not known for a long time and just like chilling. Right. Yep. And now we're definitely gaining some traction. There's some cool stuff happening with it. Um, but it's been around for a while, but like, you know, not a huge number of agents because I never pushed. Right. And I never put systems in place. I didn't have a foundation to support of that. And we're working through that now and like some exciting things in the works as well, which we'll, we'll get into, but jumping back to yeah. the investing piece was so investing for about six years, the, the very, I'll say very first thing I did back into investing about six years ago was, uh, flipped a house over in Munhall, bought it for five. You're the Munhall guy, so that's here we go. Let's right. get into we're, it. We're into it. We're into all my eggs in one basket. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, bought a house for five, put five grand, put sixty grand into it, sold it for one fifteen. Beautiful. So nice. at that time, um, at that time, it was this was like Lower Munhall. If you're familiar with the area over there, right? And there's sections of Munhall that are already pretty nice or very nice, right? And um, so there's Mon Hall, Homestead, West Homestead, kind of all on that hillside there. And I got to tell you, it was the talk of the town, right? No one, no one's renovating homes over there. No one's flipping homes over there. Yeah, you're buying it for five grand, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. And so it got a lot of attention. And, um, and then uh, so I was like, okay, I feel like there's less. I don't want to lose money again. Right. I did not mm-hmm. want to, which happens later on, but I didn't want to lose money again. Of course. And always, and it will happen again. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, I can handle a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I'm in a better position, but so, so what I'm doing, um, over there, which I may have talked to you guys about before, or have you seen it or whatever is like, basically, um, I'm, and there's a lot of people over there now for sure. But I, I came up with this plan that I want to create my own comparables, yeah. right? I want to dictate, or I don't want to use the word manipulate the market. Right. Yeah. Make a positive impact. Do, do me a favor here because I do want to get into this. Can you explain exactly what that means? It's one of the things I wanted to make sure that we we taught our listeners, right? When you're resetting your comps, yep. right? You you are known for that and to, and to, you know, sophisticated, quote unquote, real estate investors like us. And yep. I think it's amazing. And quite frankly, we rode your back a little bit, just like a lot of people have. So for sure. can you explain exa- exactly yeah. what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm not, it sounds, and I get a lot of reactions of many people and be like, that's genius, right? 
it's a very simple concept. And when you break yeah. it down, it's like, oh, that makes sense, you know? So what it is is that the value of a home um, is determined by what other homes sell for, a comparable, right? Mm-hmm. And if the value of the home is determined by what another home sells for, why don't you work on pushing and make an impact on creating a comparable, selling a home for as much as you can, right? So if I own a bunch of properties and they're all three bed, one bath, and they're nice and they're renovated, and I can sell a house for $200,000, i am all in a hundred for these, then all of a sudden, the day that house is closed, I have 100,000 equity in every home. It's like, that sounds amazing to me. Yeah. yeah. So the idea, so that that's there. And so what I do is I, I have certain products, certain flips I do are called my comp setters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm focusing all of my efforts uh, from an investment standpoint. Currently, I have some things, or let's say 98% of my investments, a couple things here and there, but um, in Homestead, Munhall, West Homestead. And so what we do is, very generally speaking, is we'll buy five homes. Let's say we buy five homes. It's a transitioning area, okay? And there's streets that are better than other streets, mm-hmm. streets that are rough, sections that are a little rough. So I'll buy all five homes, okay? I'll renovate all five homes pretty much just as nice. New electric, new plumbing, new HVAC, quartz countertops, right? House number five will be on a street that's a nicer street, mm-hmm. a little bit easier to sell, mm-hmm. okay? And in addition... I'll put a little more money into these homes that create uh, like an easier product to sell, uh, like trendy items, right? Makes it more sellable, but not necessarily more valuable, mm-hmm. okay, from an appraisal standpoint. Mm-hmm. So adding minor things, accent walls, a dog spigot for your dog, you know, like adding custom uh, staircase or different railings or unique features of the home. We did little emojis outside of bedrooms that were backlit. So like a bedroom, a bathroom, you know, random little things that does not increase the value of a home from an appraisal standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? But it does increase the sellability and that desire from buyers to want it, right? So once house number five sells and creates a comp, I go to the bank and I say, hey, bank, I'd like to refinance these four, which are now rented, right? And they say, oh, 123 Main Street just sold for 150,000. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. I got a comp. So over the years over there, now this is twisted because they're not all three bed, one and a half bath, right? There's there's a four bed, two bath, there's a three bed, one and a half. However, this shows the progression from my comp setters based on uh the sales price, right? Five years ago or six years ago, the first flipped home was 115,000. Game changer. People couldn't believe it. Okay. 115, 150, 190. 212, 270. And I just set a record for a house over there by $40,000. No house has ever sold over 400,000. I sold it for 425. Homestead, Munhall, West Homestead, ever. The highest sold home was like 385. I was going to say, I can't believe something over. Yeah, 400. Yeah. So, um, plus you're probably doing pretty damn well on a flip itself as well. Well, let me say this I've had a couple of those flips, crushed it. I've had a few of those flips. 12 months on the flip, make 10 grand, might as well have lost money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. But the idea is all my other properties, yeah. I just built my net worth by $200,000, yeah. $300,000. And right? really, depending on the timing, right, you go get the refis. For sure. So to, to summarize, right, like, yeah. yeah, you call your five properties, you sell this one, right? You might make 10K, but ultimately what you're doing is you're doubling the value of your other four. You go to refi, you get eight percent. You might make an extra two hundred k than what you would have made previously. Yep. So you really made two hundred and ten thousand dollars on your five properties, and not ten and two hundred, right? And then you kind of combine them all because it was one big deal for you at the end of 100%, the day, right? Hundred yeah. percent. That's 
very similar to what uh, new construction does that oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, if you just build one, you're, there's no profit there in one. You're pretty much losing on the first deal. Yeah. Or that might pay for some of the uh, upfront expenses from the inspections, uh, the groundwork, everything needed. That's why they have to package them into multiple. Yeah. They actually hit. So if you sell five of them, now it makes up for the all the other expenses. For there. sure. Yep. So that one, even if you lose money on the flip, even if you lose 10K. That's what I tell people. Yeah, you're setting the comps on everything else to make another 20, 30K. 100%. Like on the other one. So. 100%. And, and I, think, I think too, right? Like a lot of people like, you know, in real estate that have experience naturally try to do this a little bit. Like we certainly have in some other areas where we would do a flip where it made sense and then help with the comps and et cetera. Sure. But like what, you know, we're, we're nobody, like you're known for that in Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they, and you know that we know yeah. you for that. And like, to my point, right. We have several over in your area and like we've used your comps and we handed <laughs> yeah. your comps to the appraiser. Like, Hey, we got a three, one and a half. Here's a three, one and a half flip. It went for this. They're extremely similar. We get the appraisals, right? Yep. Yep. What gave you that idea to think about it? Like, Hey, I can invest in this community and reset my comp by actually doing a flip here. So I don't think it was like me sitting down and just like thinking it through and coming up with that idea. I think it was like a natural progression of like certain things that I wanted or I was aware of. Like I knew I didn't want to, uh, I wanted to avoid at all costs to lose money again. And so I thought two things, a, one thing I didn't have with my first flip was, uh, I only had one exit strategy that was flip the home. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about renting. I didn't know about refinance, very limited knowledge. Everything I go into now, you know, there's an, a desired outcome and then there's a backup plan. Right. And so, um, so I thought that I knew I wanted to get rentals. I've always had a plan on building a rental portfolio. It's always been a plan. I'm all over the place with a lot of shit. That's something I've been committed to at least, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so the idea was, uh, a, I believe in this area. First of all, so, like I was living there. So I started paying attention to real estate and I'm like, yeah. this area has potential, right? Yeah. There is, why hasn't it turned? It has the waterfront. It's for me, convenient location to a lot of different things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this area has potential. Boom. One thing to click. Now I'm paying attention to this area. Next thing it's like, okay, I want to invest in real estate. And when you're inexperienced, you look at numbers, like you can buy a house or a duplex for 60 grand and it brings in 1200 bucks a month. Like, so initially the numbers looked killer from a rental standpoint. Yeah. Right. And so there was just a few different things that kind of led me to that area and why I wanted to start investing there. And then, um, and then when I realized, uh, when I wanted to flip a home, understanding like, okay, in order to be able to resell this, I will need an appraisal, which I'll talk about how I've got over different appraisals, uh, challenges, you know, yeah. but, um, so there was just like a collective three, four, five different things that kind of like brought that idea together and just led me to, okay, I need to be the one that creates my own comps because I don't think other people are going to come in here and willing to put a lot of money into these homes and take that risk and take that gamble. And there's going to be slumlords or people that renovated a home that's not yeah. renovated and sells for 80,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's just a collective of a handful of different things that kind of like pushed me to that. I idea. love it. Give us, give us the appraisal tips that you got, bro. What's the, well, what are you going to get into well, there? Uh, I shouldn't, I mean, a little bit. I've had challenges. <laughs> I can tell you, as you know, if I want to sell a house for more than any other house is sold over there, right? How do you get by that? So I know it's a challenge going into it and I'm doing And when that. you, when you refer to that, I guess, let me clear the air here really quick, right? You're basically saying, Hey, look, you just told me you set the record for a sold over 400 grand there. But when you think about the standpoint of just because 
and I don't love this in a residential real estate, but it is a fact of reality. Just because someone's willing to pay for that, the appraiser needs to come in and basically verify independently that that is not that it is an arm's length transaction, right? It's really what they're doing, and not a friend trying to buy for that yep. for different reasons. So, in the residential real estate space, when you're selling it to a new homeowner, there's a lot of laws to protect new home buyers. And so, your point ultimately saying, like, if I want to sell for four hundred grand, and there's nothing else that says it should sell for four hundred grand. It might not appraise for 400 grand, even though someone is telling you they're willing to buy it for no. 400 grand, right? God, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. To me, man. So another, yeah. that to clarify, right? That's ultimately the issue that you're running into when you're trying to quote unquote reset the comps of there's no comps. So how does it appraise when someone, a new homeowner is going to come in and buy that property? For sure. So uh, I won't talk specifically about that property just yet, but I am going to talk to you about one way in which I got over uh, an issue with an appraisal. Okay. Yeah. Is that, um, and I called and made, I asked and made sure that it was all legit before I did it um, was um, as, as an agent myself, we have access to the MLS, right? And many, if not all, you know, appraisals pull comps from the MLS, other areas as well at times. Right. Um, but it will also, uh, there's a section on the MLS that you plug in, like what type of financing was this conventional cash, whatever it is. Right. There's a section on there. Maybe you're aware that you can put owner carry. Okay. And if there's a sold comp, it does not matter if it's cash, conventional, owner carry, whatever it is, right? And so I had a property that I was selling, didn't get the appraisal, went back to the buyer. I was like, I'll carry financing for you. So they're like, cool, sounds good for X amount of years, for X amount of time. And so I got to close that home. I got to create a comp yep. by carrying the financing for a short amount of time. Um, and so that was, a, that was a way that I, I, didn't get over the, I didn't get over the appraisal there, yeah. right? But I, but the buyer was willing to pay that. Didn't and, care yet. But the they, bank was so said another way, right? The banks relied on the appraisals in order to fund the money, yep. and so it didn't appraise, and therefore the bank wasn't willing to lend enough money but on the, the deal. Was willing to the pay buyer that. still wanted it, just didn't have enough money, didn't have a borrower, and so you said, "Hey, I will lend the money to you." Yep. So carried financing on that, closed closed it as a, a sold comp. Boom, created our one ninety comp. On to the next. I love that. You know, and so so um, tell tell us a little bit more about the seller financing that you did there, because again, in today's market, and I'm sure you're aware, like creative financing is absolutely blowing up because it's a lot harder to burr, right? With the market on a downswing like it is, creative financing is huge. You clearly did it in the past yourself in order to create your comps. Super intuitive. I love that. Yeah. But what did that look like for you? So it, so I don't I I will tell you a little more details. I don't want to. You don't have to. You're good. <laughs> Sorry, public. You ain't getting this one. <laughs> we set up a rent to own. We set up a rent to own, which on the MLS is owner carry, right? Yeah. Um, and, and agreed upon some terms. Then you had the ability to buy it from me um, or you had the ability to rent it and bail. And they yeah. ended up bailing. But I kept the home and I had the comp. And you got the comp and probably yeah, so, some money from it. So yeah. Truthfully, it was a win-win. Yeah. You know? Um, but and a lot of a lot of people do structure their deals rent to own. And I won't get into some of the specifics of all of that, but there are there is there is some benefits to the investor that they do that for a reason of which they think ultimately your tenant's not going to close on the buy. For sure. Yeah. And thus you get a bunch more money up front. Uh, yep. we don't we don't do that ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, we've looked into it before, but um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that explains everything from like a comp standpoint, you know, yeah. I, I call them comp setters. So, so where are you at? Where are you at? Like what's going on now? Like what do you got going on? Obviously you've built a portfolio. You're in the news everywhere. Just uh, recently. you know, you've got a ton going on, you got the brokerage and you got some shit I probably don't even know about going on. Like, so what's, what do you look like today, bro? Cool. All right. Let me, let me, 
bring a handful of stuff together. As I've been uh, doing all those flips and creating my comps from rehabs, I've been acquiring land over there, probably have 22, 23, 24 uh, lots. Um, and, uh, and two of those lots are, one is an entire block. Uh, it's, so I got subdivided into eight lots. Another one is seven lots side by side. You are no longer an investor. You are now going to be a developer. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, man. It's a lot of struggle. Super cool. So I like it. where these are located um, is on, let's say, the uh, area that's still transitioning. Okay, not, not yet quite ready to be built on. Yeah, and I've been <laughs> sitting on them for a while. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, bittersweet. We'll see if it pans out. It's been a long run, yeah. right? Um, but... Um, so one of the problems is uh, being able to sell the home for what I need to sell it for um, to, to someone. Uh, and so, uh, and the appraisal, right? So I acquired a lot in uh, a nicer, uh, nicer section of Munhall that I'm confident in resale. Don't worry about it. You can say what you want. We'll make sure no Munhall, uh, <laughs> yeah. born and raised Munhall okay. folks are listening. You've been there you for a long you time. Yeah, you can, I live there. Yeah, yeah. Live I currently live there. Yeah. yeah. And I lived in. Yeah, so you both can, sections, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. For years. Um, and so um, so I'm currently building a modular construction or new construction right now. My very first one. We're hopefully three months away from getting that fully finished up. Nice. There's a small chance I'm throwing a wrench in things and I might move into it, but the plan all along has been to build this house, create my first new construction comp in the nice part of Munhall. So I have an exit strategy on if I build one and I and I can't sell it, right? At least I can get a big chunk of my money back out, you know, yeah. uh, on the development. It delim- uh, de-risks a little exactly. bit, right? Because it's in the So that is town. in the works. If all comes together, it's a perfect world. I'll finish that. I end up selling it. We create a comp for 400, 450, whatever the numbers are, new construction. I'll jump into my two developments. I brought two different partners on. As I'm trying to grow, I'm connecting with different people. I'm like, let's do this together. Here's the land. Here's the money. Here's the plan, yeah. right? And uh, so so two, two of these sections. So I got to tell you, One's in uh, Lower Munhall, which we'll be calling the Taj Munhall Development. <laughs> okay. like and the other one is on West 9th, um, very close to 8th and Hayes. Really nice uh, uh, wine and pizza bar there, um, yeah, just a block up. And that will be called To the Nines Development. Okay. Love it. So, um, so in a perfect world. How much time did you waste coming up with the names? Actually, uh, I can't take credit for the Taj Munhall um Actually, I don't. I might not have even named either of those. Yeah. Uh, um, so, <laughs> who not how? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> who um, named them? Right. Yeah. So, so that, so that's happening. That's potentially in the works. We'll see how things shake out. We're taking steps towards it until we get to a point where someone says no or it doesn't make sense. Right. That's kind of how I operate. Um, so there's that piece, the new construction piece. Um, the schools, which is a whole other world, I can tell you about. We can yeah, man. Look, you've been all over the news. Super cool stuff. Love watching it. So like. Give us the give us the spiel on the on the school, right? Because I know it took you quite a bit of time at the end of the day, right? Even in a couple of years, but sure. you know, and obviously it's blowing up now. You finally kind of finished, right? But like, I really didn't even know a lot of that was going on. And clearly, you've been doing a ton of other things and creating an entirely new market over in Montal, like <laughs> yeah. in the meantime. So give us a little bit more on that school, man, because cool. I know it's super important to you. It's awesome stuff. Huge piece of right? who I am and my story right now, right? Yeah. And I'm only the minority owner now, but I'll, I'll yeah, I'll talk through that. So. Yeah. Very plugged into that market over there. I genuinely care about that area because I live there as well. So I'm not just financially invested in there. I'm invested emotionally, personally. I'm part of community groups. Like I'm 
yeah. trying to make an impact. Which, which by the way, I absolutely love, right? The most important thing about what we're doing, if you're mentally in this for the right reasons, is, you know, taking care of the community that you're living in, being a part of that. And our mission statement, it is one of our three senses, is strengthen the community. So I love that you're yep. doing that. Bro. Yep, Great absolutely, stuff. man. Yeah. That, that definitely aligns with me. It's, it's important. Yeah. So pretty plugged in over there. And so I had an individual uh, bring me this school. It's previously, it was called uh, Bishop Boyle. And um, he said, hey, you know, I got this property. Um, it's a really good deal. The seller has to get rid of it. Um, this seller was in a very, very tough spot. Uh, uh, he was going to be losing everything. Let's say that it was a very tough spot. He needed to get rid of the property. I put it under contract, uh, started doing my due diligence, um, right or wrong. Uh, I knew he was in a tough spot. So I had, uh, a large amount of leverage, right? Mm -hmm. We did some inspections. We found a bunch of asbestos, which I knew or assumed would be in there. Uh, I was quoted $75,000 to remediate uh, the asbestos. And so I went back to him and I was like, this is scary. I need this done. Meanwhile, we're on a contract for months. It has to sell soon. It has to close soon or I can't get it. He can't get it. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, so I got the school at a hundred thousand um, dollars and uh, it closed on that in 2019. So after I closed the very first thing we did, was we went and bought go-karts and we went and bought mini bikes and we took it to school and we ripped around the school. Nice. So fun, right? Yeah. It's like I think I seen a video. Yeah, you got a yeah. video circulating. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's like when, I'll when see you own a school. We'll see if we can find it. You know it what I mean? Well. Like and you're still young. So uh, we we are very much in the preliminary stages. So I can't say where, what, who, when, why, how. Okay. However, we are in the preliminary stages of also acquiring a school. So we will be giving you a call to come, come bring your go karts and your bikes to rip around our it's school not, when we get it. Hopefully, it's not another one I'm looking at right now. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's, it's it. actually no, no, it's, it's actually way more progressed, right? It's not yeah. necessarily as an old school as gotcha. anymore. So we don't. It's I mean, you're about to get into a little bit, one. probably. <laughs> it's not. As, it's not nearly as big, and like we're not. You know, we're not as much as on the development side and probably the work that went into what you're doing. Like, I don't know that we're prepared to do all of that yet. <laughs> I, I lack the knowledge. I'll get I'll get to there. So, I mean, I have more experience and a better understanding. Right. But very uh, curious to see how much it, this school cost budget wise. OK, so OK, so um, where we're at is I purchased the school for one hundred thousand um, dollars. I got connected with an individual that had experience converting uh, schools or large buildings to apartments. We started talking back and forth and could not come to an agreement on what I felt the value of the school was, right? And we talk about this. It's very open. Um, well, my two partners, Dan Spanovich and Adam Colucci. Um, hey, boys, he's not throwing you under a bus. It sounds like you talk about this, so we're good. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no this, is, this is the story. You know, this yeah. is the truth. Um, and so Dan and I couldn't come to an agreement on what the value of the building was, and he wanted 50% ownership. And he wanted to pay 50% of what I purchased. Yeah, for. which was not the value. Clearly, you did all the work to get it That's for a right. super I was discount. Like, I found the deal and this yeah. is much more yeah. valuable. Blah, blah. So we just that. couldn't, we just didn't come to an agreement initially. Probably lack of, there was more value he brought than I realized, you know, and I probably got caught up on that a little bit. But um, anyway, so we couldn't come to an agreement. A few months later, um, a good friend of mine, Jason Checo, owns Lending Heights. I don't know if he has no Lending Heights. Um, he connected me to his buddy who lives in New Jersey who wanted to start getting into investing in the Pittsburgh area. He has family here. And so he came down and I um, met up with him and I was like, you should see my school I just purchased. And he went and checked it out. He's like, dude, this is amazing. I want in. And I was like, okay, I think the value is this. He's like, cool, I'll pay half. So, um, so we agreed upon like a 440 evaluation or something for the school. So I bought it for a hundred grand. Yeah. 
I sold 50% ownership yeah. for 220, you know? Um, and so I got my hundred grand back and made 120,000 now 50% owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Adam and I, um, mess around with it for, I guess, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say years with an S, but at least a year or more, right? Like, what are we going to do? Should we try to make it a maker space and just rent out the different places? Do, should we turn it into an office building? Um, I had, I had people suggest like, I'm assuming there's not like hard money or nothing sitting on it at this no, point. Right. Cause otherwise no, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We, the, the holding, you knew it was a long-term type of, pl- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The holding costs were not very, very minimal. Yeah. We're, we're fine. Um, and, and what so, the hell do you care? You got your money out of it. No, I made yeah. 120,000. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still 50% owner. Yeah, right? I was going to yeah. say, yeah, you already got a decent score. I was so in a great far. spot. So yeah. I already felt like, yeah, whatever you guys want, you know, like, yeah. so, um, a lot of times passed, we ran so much money. Which by the way, that's a ridiculous deal in and of itself. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Dude, it's one of my best deals for yeah, sure. Yeah, like $120,000 on a quick flip for, of half of it and keeping 50% yeah. equity. Like, I, know. I mean, we just talked about your, even your $400,000 record deal. You probably made something like that, but like that's your record deal in a new sale. Like you, we, your first one, you sold for 115 K. Well, you weren't in it for zero. You made more money on the school for sure. by turning 50% of it. At, like that, so I know. super and cool. Alone, my eyes too. It's like I just got to find good deals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just negotiating oh. with the seller. Exactly. Right? Yeah, most exactly. people say we find we find we make our money on the buy, right? Like hundred percent, yeah. man. Hundred percent. Um. Okay, so so we uh, we bring in we we turn our wheels for a long time. Can't figure something out. We reconnect with um Dan, right? First guy. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't come to agree with it. Started talking again. We're like, we need Dan's help. Dan gets involved. Um, jumps in. I think he. He didn't, I don't think he paid the 440 valuation. I honestly can't remember. I think it was a little more than um, what him and I were initially talking about. But where where he brought the value, a huge amount of value, not just from a financial standpoint, was um, he's like, I'll uh, I'll GC this for free. I'll project manage this for free. I'm like, all right, done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And had experience before, right? Um, and so we we bring him in um, and, and we get rolling. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Dan, absolutely crushed it awesome. is crushing it right you know and you'll come across and there's times where it's over budget or there's times where it's like we did this and we gotta do that like that's construction that's yep. the real estate world right yeah. and so yeah. i'm very understanding you know and well um, especially when you're converting a school to apartments like there's gonna sure. be some things that you don't know for sure uh, absolutely and so um so i guess i'm skipping a ton of information there but yeah we uh dan dan handled the whole project i was a part of the design i was a part of miscellaneous connecting a handful of different contractors i have a lot of relationships over there there's a few things i did with my relationships that helped out you know and and brought that value but but at this point dan took 50 percent ownership like it was a requirement of his and we agreed upon so adam and i were just 25 25. Uh, i won't go into the details of this he really wanted 30%. Okay. And so we went back and forth and came to an agreement that I think is the best deal in the world. And I won't go into it, but, um, uh, came to an agreement that, you know, uh, I'll take 20%. He'll take 30 with X amount, uh, results. So, so we did that. So I'm, I'm just the minority owner of, of both our schools. Now, um, we have one across the street, which I'll talk about in a second, but, um, so yeah, so we converted it to 31 units. Um, we leased up in probably like six months. We're fully leased. Um, you know, generating you know 40 grand a month and in gross income over there um really really solid building um it's it's been it's been 
an amazing property. What was the uh, what was the total cost of the rental? Uh, I, I I don't. You don't have to say if you don't want to. No, buddies. I will. I will. I, I I honestly don't know for a fact, but it was in the ballpark of right around three million. Right okay. around two, two point. What did you What did you originally, you guys, when you kind of first started, expect it to be? Do we? Yeah, I, I mean, to say clue, but. we were only. I I want to say we were thinking it was going to be around like two six or two seven, right? And we were all in closer to three. So it was only like assuming you finance some of that too. It right? wasn't too yeah. bad. The second one's more money than we anticipated. Yeah, different market, different time. Did, different are you going to be able to get out of it? What we're good. Yeah, it's still a killer investment. I mean, the, dude, the, you know our value, our value on it, uh, our appraisal was like. Little shot, little shy, five million. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and you're right around, you're right around, quote unquote, break even on which I've been doing less time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and so, uh, so actually, so, yeah. no, you probably made money. I was gonna say, you probably made a couple bucks. If you refiled at eighty percent, so, again, I don't know you what you're doing in finance, and we don't have to get into that, right? And kind of waste time there. But technically, three million on a reno, call it half a million plus holding costs and shit. Like you're probably all in close to four million. That's right around. Uh, our all in was around three million. Wow. Yeah. And it's worth all on five yeah, We're in a really good spot on yeah, that school. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that just game changer. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, now you got a 31 unit, beautiful brand new friggin' yeah, school really in an area that you love more than sure. anything. Yeah. That's just going to, for oh, sure. That's amazing, yeah. Brother. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, man. Super it was cool. experience. With, oh, for sure. Too. Oh, for sure. So, so we, um, we bought, uh, so then I wasn't going to do this because I'm doing better. I'm doing well now. Right. But I'm, I'm not loaded. I'm not, I don't got a ton of money, right? Mm -hmm. And they're and they're in a prop they're in a better financial situation than me, I would say, right? But this is hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, right? And um and they're like, we need the school across the street, and I'm like, I don't I don't think I can afford it. Like, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna con like, yeah. and uh, and they basically convinced me, um, which I'm happy they did, and I'm involved, and um, they're helping out in different ways. And, um, and so we're, we're doing that one now and that one will be 33 units has a two story parking garage. We acquired the parking lot next to it. We went through conservatorship. We're getting the lot next to it. We're taking over that little area there. Um, that's probably 60, 70% done. Beautiful. Um, and, uh, and then I'm skipping a lot of information here. And then about, uh, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, I, I, I personally acquired another school over there. Wow. So just locked down another school. Where the um, hell are the kids going to go? <laughs> i don't know they're running out of schools i don't know why there's so many because i've spoke with an individual on the school board like we plan on building another new school in x amount of years i was like well let me know when that one's available yeah, like, yeah when you closing it down three four yeah. years from now i hope i can lock that one down you should take a look at uh you know i don't even know if i can say this on air but i know they've been bouncing around turning uh st mary to mount mount washington into apartments for freaking years and years and years really they're struggling with it, so clearly they need to bring in the experts, bring in you <laughs> yeah. and your you and your team and the team of guys that are converting all these over in Monhall. So yeah, that's yeah. super cool, man. It's yeah. like a niche. That could be a niche market in it itself. Is. Schools across Pittsburgh. Just it think is. about how many there are. It is. So um so because okay so I can talk about like why all of a sudden we got this crazy amount of attention from media and stuff for it. Yeah. Um, is that. I'm really Yeah, you can talk about all the attention you're getting on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sure, bud. Yeah, can I tell you about that? It's really cool. I want to tell you like what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> I'm bad at social media. I'll post for a while and then I don't post for months. And I'll put like I just I don't love the act of social media. I know you should. I know it's game changer. It's you tough when you're me. building a business, like you got work to do yeah, and you got yeah. a life outside um, of work. And with that being said, I started posting on TikTok. Okay. I was like, I'm gonna jump into this platform a year ago, whatever it was. Started posting on TikTok. 
posted for a while, then didn't. Then I started posting again. A couple videos blew up. They went viral. So I got a, a decent following. Probably have close to 50,000 followers now right. from just a few videos, right? And so one of those videos that went viral, that's where we got a ton of attention. And one of those contacts was um, CNBC, Make It. Um, and so they reached out to us and then we got together, we did an interview, we did a story. And so we posted, um, or they did an article on us and they posted it just like a couple weeks ago on their, uh, Instagram and put it on their website. And then it just took off. It blew up. We had this one day, we had the New York post con us, the daily, uh, daily mail inquiry. I don't know, a handful yeah, of, all of them, yeah. just yeah. everyone. Right. And we couldn't get back to them quick enough. And then they took all that information, regurgitated and created their own article. Right. And so there was multiple articles. Um, and then, uh, CBS Insider Edition reached out to us. They want to come out and film the school here in a couple of weeks. CNBC, their video portion wants to uh, film it as well. We have an interview on Friday to talk about that. So, and there's TV production companies and a ton of different uh, uh, media outlets um, that connect with us. So it's it was it's been really cool. It's been really fun. Um, You're gonna have to make sure you like toss into those guys. Hey, by the way, we're seventy percent done across the street here. We need yeah. you to come back in about six months because I really need the attention. They're they're on the hook. They said yeah. yes. I already yeah. told them. I already asked. I should say. Yeah. yeah. Tell them. But um, cool. yeah. So they're inter they're interested for sure. So yeah. So that that's been fun. That's been exciting. You give me literally like I'm sitting here in my head like shiny object syndrome. Like shit. What can I go do that's really cool? <laughs> <The whole laughs> here I am. I'm just buying like some shithole again. Like I got whatever. Like god damn it. Yeah. Like, cool shit cool. sells. People yeah. like cool shit. I mean, yeah. Just, for sure. Yeah. That's for just sure. It, man. So what's next, dude, right? Like, holy shit, man, you're building a portfolio. You're like, you're taking over a town, clearly building schools, doing a lot of cool shit. Obviously, you've just got a lot of like spunk. Everyone loves you, right? I from appreciate a, that, man. Thank you. All that. You got cool designs, right? Like, you know what I mean? You, you put these cool designs in your flips, like super creative, ton of stuff going on, man. Yeah. Like, what's next? Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we're wrapping up here. We're getting closer to where we are today, right? Yeah. So, um, so few things touch base getting into that new construction hopefully those development projects can come together we'll see what shakes out there looking at more schools acquiring schools see if it makes sense to keep converting those to apartments you should change your freaking instagram handle to the school guy <laughs> i might have to school boy yeah, school boy <laughs> uh, hit or miss i don't know if I love that. <laughs> but um so th those are in the works continuing to rehab buy rentals you know small flips here and there right um and then and so I, I did, I decided I wanted to level up, um, in the single family and small multi-unit space, um, specifically in that area. And it's like, okay, how can I do that? Because the bittersweet part of me raising the resale price is that, uh, the prices on the front end to acquire them. Go up. up yeah. Right? So it's like, how part can I acquire yeah. as many as I can before I continue to create comps? Cause I plan on doing that. Right. So I decided I wanted to put together a real estate fund. So initially I was like, I'm going to tackle this myself. Three weeks later, I was like, I have no chance. I too much going on. I can't do it. I'm not good at running numbers and miscellaneous thing. I'm a real estate expert. That's where I should focus on. And so I ended up connecting with two different guys and, and brought them on. So it's been a year and a few months that we've been in the works of establishing this real estate fund. Uh, it's called Billet Capital Fund. Um, it, it's uh, in the fund space is small, uh, I guess. New, all still new to me. So we're, we're going to be looking to raise $10, million. 10. Um, And then... And then the truth is, uh, acquire as much real estate as we can over there, uh, and and push real hard. And so the the plan is maybe I'm saying too much. Acquire as much as we can, renovate them, make them very nice, place tenants in it, 
and wait another two to three years before I create another comp and then push real heavy to create as high as comps I can and put us in a position that we've had tenants paying paying for a few refi years out of the and refi out and then right? pay off the fund. Yep. And so um so the idea is like based on how we're gonna structure this, this is the truth. And maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. It's gonna be a lot of time and energy and effort. And the GPs of the fund are not currently positioned to make much money. Right. And and the idea is that I want to do a 50 or a hundred million dollar fund. And there's going to be areas of this fund that I'm not familiar with on how they're structured and how they're ran. And there's going to be stuff I'm going to be learning. I do want to get into a hundred million dollar fund and buy massive, large apartment complexes and things, but I'm in that space a little bit, but not really, and not yet. Right. So I didn't want to do a hundred million dollar fund, which learn how the fund operates, you know, the good and the bad about it and, and do, uh, massive apartment complexes because i know it but i don't crush it right so i was like stick to the single family stick to the small multi-units do this for two years three years whatever understand how funds operate understand that real well and then create these hopefully killer returns and then i have some leverage to be like here's my experience already did all that plus you have a pool of investors now that's right yep and And i gave them return it's like okay we can raise 100 million we're doing this now yeah right so um so i i it's a long-term play right you know um and but 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 that's the plan from an investment standpoint i love that let us know when uh you launch your fund i'm sure we'll put some put some put some money into your fund sure, for sure it'll absolutely be, it'll be a small part of what you got going on over there it's uh yeah we find it yeah. exciting and the coolest thing right about most of us kind of folks that are figuring out all of us a lot of us around the same age like you know what i mean We're, we don't consider ourselves competitors and i think that's the coolest thing right like you find a lot of people with similar mindsets that abundance mindset it's like i mean technically like if someone that doesn't understand real estate comes and asks me who's your competitors right i'm like well i'm in a rental space game in pittsburgh and so are you so i guess technically you're my competitor right but like there's such an abundance of real estate here it's like we can all work together to win and i think in most industries people don't realize like if you really work together with other people that are technically your competitors like you can do so much more right you can win at a much bigger level completely agree uh completely agree and it's been really fun and enjoyable watching you guys as well and ton of inspiration and motivation just because um i'm completely team city life let's go let's push appreciate that openly and i think it's a healthy spot uh healthy portion of like we'll say competitiveness which i'm on board it's like they're pushing i'm gonna push too yeah dude i'm pissed off right now like i want to go build a fucking school school today (laughs) so and that's and what's your unit count at it less than you think i think because you mentioned a couple hundred i between me and partners i don't know that i honestly don't know the exact number it's over a hundred, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Well, you do more flips. Probably 120, 130, 140. Yeah. I'd say max right now. Um, but I sh- I shifted a little bit last year. I sold a bunch yeah. too. I kind of uh, brought some money in and made some changes. Got prepared for some other stuff. Well, I mean, especially last year, right? Maybe maybe you did this for I, this reason or not. But liquidity is extremely important, especially going into this year coming up. Like, for sure. I mean, right now I'm happy to disclose it. Right, everyone at City Life knows we're selling 32 units in a portfolio package, all 29 you know, homes, a couple duplexes, right? We're selling that. I mean, it's not too, it's not like it's a fire sale or dumpster sale for us. We're making some good return on that ultimately, but really we're just trying to get more liquid yeah. knowing we've got a big year coming up and we want to scale, right? Sell some units to buy more. hundred percent. On top of that, we just signed our last LOI right now in multifamily space in the last five days. 
uh, 149 total units across six Damn. buildings that we have under contract. Yeah, so, right. Like it's, that's I wanted to say that exciting. to you because now <laughs> I know you're about to go leave here and go like, shit, I ain't going to bed tonight. Yeah, exactly. you know, 150 units. <laughs> yeah, no. Which is cool, right? It's pushing each other. It's not, it's not like we're mad. It's like, Hey, yeah, it's healthy. It's good. You know, yeah. like, yeah. there's I enough resources that. to share. So that's, what's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, completely. Which I, we're going to talk offline about a couple of things here, but okay. I want to wrap this thing up here. Right. I mean, credible value added and, such a cool and fun story. So I'm sure, that. you know, a lot of, a lot of excitement will be to kind of listen into this and I'm excited already to re-listen. Why don't you give us, right. I kind of like it to end with this and, you know, I think it's extremely important. Give us what you would say to anybody listening, whether newbie, old B, us, whoever it is, right. What's the best advice you would give somebody right now today moving forward in anything, but obviously mine's in the real estate space. I put heavy time and heavy effort into, um, my mindset and self-awareness. I pay a coach, you know, 700, 800 bucks an hour for sessions of mindset and uh, different life coaching. So specifically, I would say, I would say focusing on becoming very, very hyper self-aware and then, uh, so understand yourself, for, uh, you know, to, an, to another level yeah. and then making adjustments on what you like or don't like, or putting people in place to help you with areas that you don't know. So I, I would put it all on mindset, not like go find an investor, go for, you know, like yeah. your personal mindset and getting that right and getting that positive and understand who you are. So you said you, you mentioned real quick, seven, $800 did you pay an hour for like a mental, uh, mindset coach, like. Give us your take really on the idea because it's always a hot topic, right? It, you know, it's everywhere. And, you know, there's a take of, you know, invest in yourself. It's the most important thing to do. And then there's the the hater approach of all these people are get rich quick. All they're really doing is making money off of telling you to go get help because you, then you pay them. What's your take on, right? Literally flat out paying for coaching, right? Whether it's mental, whether it's in real estate, whatever it is. What's your take on that real quick? Well, since I do it, it's a crucial part of your success. Yeah. Right. And like, there are many, many people, and I knew you guys wouldn't feel that way that think that's insane. That's insane. And I'm like, I need to invest in myself and I need someone from a different perspective and has the knowledge to look at me, help me understand where I need to be. And I know that the amount of money that I spent on or spend on coaches, I've, I don't know the numbers. I don't know if I've 10 X it, but I have got a huge return from that. And will always be part of my life. The mindset that in another in another individual has helped me establish has been game changer for me. Yeah. So I I, I couldn't agree more. I think the total dollars that have gone out of city life for some of our key people, including of course myself and and Brian, is a little probably in the last twelve months about two hundred thousand dollars spent on coaching alone. Insane. Uh, I know for me yeah. personally, like in a good way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, yeah. it's the greatest thing I've ever done. One hundred percent. Like without a doubt. I mean, my mentor. You know, and, and some masterminds that I'm in, me alone have stroked, you know, obviously through City Life for me as our CEO and trying to build a business, $110,000 in the last six months. Right. So I, I, I so you're on board. I'm 100%. So, I'm, like I, I am fully a thousand percent in. Like, look, I mean, literally just things like this, sitting here listening to you up your game, like you get in those rooms with bigger, more powerful people, like you can't help it. And people always look at it like, oh, is it really worth it? Is it not? I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, it's worth it more than anything. The problem and challenge is it's a lot like branding where you don't necessarily see immediate returns. Brian's always come from the world of like, um, uh, 
what do you call it? Your, your paid per click and all that, like direct advertising of where you see the return on it. Yeah. And I love that. And it's extremely important, right? And he always preaches that. And I agree with it. And then there's also certain spend where it's like, what is the real return? We really have no fucking clue what sure. the real return yeah. is on it ultimately because it's not like you're paying someone and then they're paying you back or like in our space like, real yeah. estate you buy a house yeah. you kind of know what you're going to make on it like it's totally the sky's the limit so i couldn't agree with it more like i mean we've made some insanely major decisions to to up what we're doing and create more structure and scalability and all these different things literally because we're getting help and not only that just like holy shit this guy's doing that okay i need to ask somebody else this question to figure out how to do this for sure right? 100%. You know what I mean? yeah absolutely so, absolutely no, i love it i appreciate it what uh kind of things i like to do with everybody obviously you're blowing up on the damn news media but like <laughs> where can we find you where should we go watch these cool videos brian speaks of um i i guess we'll say you know like i said i'm i'm hit or miss on social media at times but uh my handles on instagram and tiktok is just jesse wig j-e-s-s-e-w-i-g Cool. Um, so yeah, either of those spots you can connect with. Me. And are you still doing, uh, any, um, real estate agent work? Yeah. Yeah. I, I sell, uh, not, not a crazy amount by any means. I have a lot going on, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm an active agent, yeah. you know, um, year before I did 10 million and this past year, as I'm shifting a little bit more mm -hmm. working on the business on things rather than in the business, a handful of stuff is, uh, probably did like six or 7 million. Nice. So nothing nothing crazy but i'm still yeah. an activator so i can't uh i can't throw it out there too much right considering i own a, a brokerage and have a lot of agents at remax city life but certainly if you're in the monohall area or in pittsburgh and looking for a good agent of I course uh, yeah, yeah, yeah reach out to this kid or if you want to just go buy a school for fun also <laughs> or move also into reach school. out or move exactly. into a school That's an option. i'm sure they're really cool apartments over there and i'm gonna have to take you up on giving me a tour maybe sure. not when all the media is there because uh, I don't want to blow up your spot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate any any parting words, BK. No, that's good, man. It's all good stuff. Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. I, I've enjoyed being on on this. Um, and uh, and like I said, I'm repeating myself here, but you guys are crushing it. Love to see it. Lo love uh, love to see the growth. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you, bro. Thanks for yep. coming on. Same, man. Keep pushing. Yep.